From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in independent, multi-talented Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Mark LaCroix, I too make nice games. In this interview episode, welcome artist, designer, video blogger, and developer of Untied Games, Will Tice, to tell us what it takes to make a game engine from scratch, and tell us what it's like going it alone in game development. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Welcome, Will. Hey, it's good to be here. Yay! Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is the first thing people need to know? Uh, total nerd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like video games. I like uh, playing video games, making them. Uh, I do the art for them. It's just all fun. Yeah, and that's why we had you on, is because you are so well-rounded a uh, game developer, and we want to know how that works, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but specifically, we want to talk about your game, Atmocopter. Which, so good. Which is so good, <laughs> for the record. Now it's on, <laughs> it's on tape. Um, but you built your own game engine for it. Yes. Right? Um, so let's just get right into it. Tell us about the how and the why and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, most games around here use uh, Unity or Unreal or something like that. But I decided to use Java and kind of roll my own. Okay. So what I'm doing is... Uh, constructing my own engine allows me to manage everything the way I think it should be managed and get my ideas out there faster. Mm-hmm. That, that's, so that's the main reason. Have you, have you messed with uh, Unity or Unreal? And- I actually haven't. It's, okay. uh, it's been just a lot of fun to make my own engine, too, okay. so I'm kind of addicted now. <laughs> <laughs> Why so not? like Minecraft. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> which was made with LibGDX, which is what I'm using to help put stuff on the screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, I know I spoke to you a couple days ago, and you're you're building a, a pixel art editor, also rolling it entirely yourself. Yep. Um, and what? So, That's so cool. It's my yeah. new project. <laughs> <laughs> and I know for, for myself, you know, the, w- when I take on a big project, I tend to leverage the things I already know. And so I imagine that's a big part is that you're a Java developer. And so that just rather than learn something new, just expand the boundaries of your existing knowledge. Is that the motivation you have? Uh, yeah, partly. Java is just really easy. Uh, of course, I used it in college. It was my college language. I was familiar and comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But it's really easy with Java to get on the three major computer platforms, Windows, Mac, and Linux, as well as Android, which is kind of a bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the main reason I chose it, and uh, it's been working out pretty good so far. I figure with my own engine, I know exactly where all the little road bumps are that are going to prevent me from making my game. So I can sort of work around those because I know where they are. But with someone else's engine, I don't know where they are until I run into them. Sure. And sometimes yeah. you run into them really hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely know that feel. <laughs> okay. But I, I imagine that in, um, when you do find those roadblocks that you have, it would be kind of difficult to uh, find your way out of that. Yeah, sometimes you have to do some finagling, some black magic, some, <laughs> some voodoo to get everything working the way you think it should again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, when you make the engine, are you able to like, adapt and adjust the engine on the fly, too? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. if I need a new feature, I just sort of start working on it, start adding it, and eventually it's there. Or oh. it's not, and I figure something else out. Okay, interesting. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about just the nitty-gritty of it, because I think, if I recall correctly, you once told me that you were thinking about taking this engine and making it available to others. I have thought about that. Uh, I'm not really at a stage where I can uh, conclusively say whether or not I want to do that in the future, mm-hmm. but 
It's always a possibility. I view my engine as sort of an adapter between me and whatever I'm using to help put stuff on the screen, load files, whatever. And that, in this case, happens to be libgdx. Mm -hmm. Uh, My engine started out uh, actually using XNA, which is really old. Uh, For those of you who don't know, it's uh, an old Microsoft product that uh, they used to use to get games on Xbox Live. Oh, wow. Um, But once that went the way of the Dodo, I switched over to Java, which I'm more comfortable with anyway. Mm -hmm. So walk us through the features. Like, uh, what what does your engine do? What doesn't it do for you? Uh, It does everything except make me breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what it does is it provides me, like, uh, sort of a scene management system, a world management system. I can add stuff to this game world, and it'll run all the logic functions on its own. You know, it'll it'll do the nitty gritty of mm-hmm. uh, you know stuff you would expect a game object to do. How much of the work you do day in day out on Atmocopter is content creation versus like improving and tweaking with the engine? Well, it's uh, it's definitely a living and breathing engine. It still gets changes regularly, bug fixes regularly mm-hmm. when I you know notice them when I need to. Uh, I would say probably seventy. Five percent of the time is Atmocopter, and twenty five percent of the time is Engine. Okay, right now, mm-hmm. has that changed over time? Uh, yeah, it used to be a lot more <laughs> Engine, <laughs> and that was uh, partially back with my first game, Star Reaction, which mm-hmm. is what I developed the Engine for initially. Also, oh, so you've adapted this previous game Engine for uh, Atmocopter. Uh, yeah, it was designed to be a pretty generic engine, mm-hmm. so it, it doesn't run just match three games. It doesn't run just side scroller games. It can run pretty much everything, and I've also developed some tools like the uh, pixel art editor I'm currently working on, which is also powered by the engine. Okay. Oh, I, I realize we haven't actually described what Atmocopter is. Oh. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the game. So Atmocopter is pretty hard to define, but I would define it uh, best as a side-scrolling non-platformer, and that is because you fly the whole time instead of running on platforms. Mm-hmm. So you control a little helicopter robot, and your mission is to get from the start to the end of a level without exploding. <laughs> That's a good goal, generally. That's generally, generally. my goal in life. <laughs> and you guys should see little Atmocopter run so around. He's so keen. Yeah. Uh, my favorite feature in that game is you can, like, uh, there's a button you can press to have your arms just swing wherever you want. And it's really fun to just, like, you can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm just... <laughs> it's, it's really cool to be able to just move your arms around and stuff. It's... It's, an, it's, it's, my, it's my favorite feature. <laughs> yeah, I should have just made the whole game that. <laughs> yeah, listeners, trust me, when Steven does it, it's very cute. But when Atmocopter does it, it's even cuter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're both pretty cute. <laughs> so tell us about, like, what, uh, tell us about the beginnings of Atmocopter. Where did the idea come from? Was it noodling around? Do you have a real strong attachment to this character or the mechanic? Or what was it? So, you know, I actually get asked this question quite a bit, like at conventions, uh, what my inspiration for Atmocopter was. And I'm still not really sure how to answer that. I guess the closest inspiration I have is uh, those crane games you see at arcades where you try to maneuver the crane into a position and you lower it and try to grab something and pick it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There's uh, not really any concrete inspiration beyond that, I would say. Uh, there were these old Flash games where you have to fly around and uh, dodge terrain. That was a pretty good inspiration as well. Oh, like that helicopter game? 
I think. Um, there's a lot of flash helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I guess I'm thinking of the one where like you press a button and it would you would hold it and you go up and you let go and it would you fall. Yeah, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Helicopter Flappy Bird. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> but the game has uh, evolved beyond those inspirations and became something of its own. Uh, I recently added the ability to shoot to Atmocopter, mm-hmm. so that's definitely changed the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. This time it's personal, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now he's got a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, that's an interesting thing. Like, when you say, you know, it's like, well, it clearly came from somewhere. Like, as something that's, it's, it changes constantly, right? As you work on it, you add more things to it, so it doesn't really have a single source of inspiration. And I think that's probably true of a lot of indie games, that some of them have this core idea you stick to, and other times they just, they build in the doing. Of yeah. Them, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been a living, breathing uh, game concept mm-hmm. since I started. It's a cool way of designing a game. That's how, um, what's his name? Jonathan Blow designs his games. Sure. Sort of. He like, uh, we'll start with one core concept. I guess the core concept with the witness was drawing lines around the thing. And then he'll just mess with that as much as he possibly can and get all the features from it. He can't. And mm-hmm. I suppose this is a little bit different in that, like, you're because it, Atmocopter is becoming its own thing. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Thanks. You know, and I think <laughs> you're able to do that because you are a one man show. Like, you do the art, you do the design, you do, you, so there's nothing mm-hmm. stopping you from going to the next thing, for trying something new. You don't have to go through departments or through freelancers. <laughs> yep, it's very easy to uh, pivot. Right, if right. You so tell, tell me about that. Like, um, you, you know, you are a, a prodigious programmer, but you're also a very talented artist. And I think you probably would, if I were to ask you which you prefer, you would probably not want to answer that question. Am I right? Programming or art? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm giving you a get-out-of-jail-free card on that one. Well, personally, I prefer programming. Oh, is that but so? art is necessary. <laughs> okay. yeah. ah, see, but I still like doing it. Well, maybe yeah. I've got you wrong then, because you, know, you, do, uh, you do pixel art tile sets, you, you have a Patreon, which mm-hmm. you, and you provide this uh, to backers. I, I guess I just assumed it was uh, more of an equal passion. But as good as, it, as you are... Um, it, it's that's really impressive then if it's just an extra thing, but you're that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so what, and why, you know, was one just a requirement of the other then? Uh, yeah, I sort of needed pixel art for Atmocopter. Uh, our last game, Star Reaction, was uh, sort of a hand-drawn style. I did that in a team of three people. Okay. And I did not do a lot of the art for it. I did some. But for Atmocopter, I was doing most of the artwork so I needed to do it in my own style, and I've always been interested in pixel art. Mm-hmm. So I sort of gravitated towards that. I practiced a lot and sort of became good at it for the sake of Atmocopter. Oh, okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess that's kind of how making games work. You just kind of establish a style or attempt to learn a skill in order to develop the game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, are, there, are there any other kinds of lessons you've learned from making Atmocopter? Maybe not lessons, but skills you've had to learn specifically for it? Uh, demoing the game has been a pretty good skill to learn. Oh, yeah. I've been to a lot of different conventions and uh, getting a lot of feedback from players and knowing which feedback to act on is definitely a learned skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I can... Definitely respect that. <laughs> yeah, that's a big topic for you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I do that a lot for vengeance, so I definitely understand that. And you're always here at playtests. 
you you are the most. I think you've been more to playtests maybe than even us. I like playtests. Yeah, <laughs> playtests are great. Um, for those of you guys who don't know what playtests are, um, it's basically just an event here at Glitch where we have a bunch of developers show off their games um, and getting feedback from local people, local players. Um, it's a very very useful um, event because you are able to gather so much feedback that uh, normal indie indie devs here in Minnesota would not be able to do. Yeah, and when you don't have a big team or you're just a one man shop, like that's so that that feedback is so valuable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Also, as players, you can play games that aren't out yet. (laughs) Right, that's pretty great. That's true. Yeah, exclusivity and stuff. Yeah, I really enjoy playing everyone else's games here too. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've heard people when they play Atmocopter in an event, they'll. I've heard people ask you like, "Where can I get my hands on this?" You know, like, and that's. I bet that's heartening. It here, is right. <laughs> it is always heartening to hear that uh, someone out there wants what I'm making. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking it's heartening to someone to think it's done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> I don't think it'll be done for a while, though. Yeah, still got yeah. a lot of work left to do. So, with the, I mean, this is a big personal project, and that you, and you touch every corner of it. Yep. Is that something you want to do going forward in your next project? Do you want? Is it? Do you value that freedom, or is it kind of a necessary evil? Uh, a little of both. I mean, it'd be nice to have someone who is basically my exact clone to do some of the work. (laughs) (laughs) Then I wouldn't have to like argue with them or convince them that, uh, change X, Y, Z to the game is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was something that sort of plagued the development of my first game. Star reaction was, uh, trying to manage the team and get everyone on the same page and, argue which features to include, which features to cut, which features to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, working in a team is hard. Yeah, yeah it, it is. <laughs> I, I mean, I, would, I definitely wouldn't change working uh, in my team. But Yeah, I mean, I think, working in a team isn't bad. It's yeah. just hard. It's, yeah, it's, it's a different experience for sure. Because and on one hand, you are on a team, and so you have to convince the other. Yeah, like you said, you have to convince the other people mm-hmm. that this is the direction you need to go. But on the other hand, you have somebody to help you do everything. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, as as someone who as well does most of my own work myself and doesn't really have anyone, you know, I get to I get to make all the decisions. <laughs> that is something that like I I love and I cherish, but I also I have a hard time recommending to new indie devs mm-hmm. because collaboration is such a valuable skill. And in other areas of my life where I've been forced to or have chosen to work on larger teams. Like the value of it is so inherent. It doesn't mean it's like they're just two different ways. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so. But it, it is interesting because a lot of people want to like they want like how should I do it? It's like well I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Will, do you have any? I mean, you've done it both ways. You've faced problems both sides. Like mm-hmm. if someone, let's say, they just starting from scratch, like I have an idea for a game. I don't really know anything. Like, would you encourage them to sort of hunker down and spend some time alone, or should they seek out other newbies to learn together? Which do you think is a, a better starting piece of advice? Well, I think uh, the thing about indie dev is that everyone has an idea. Ideas are cheap, right? Right, right. So I think you have to sort of sift through a lot of ideas and figure out which ones are the best, which ones really, uh, really stick. And to that extent, I think working in a team is uh, the best place to start. Mm-hmm. And but working alone is really nice because it uh, helps you to appreciate all the work that other people on your team have been doing for you this whole time. Sure, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know that when I do game jams, like mm-hmm. it's that 
it's such a joyous feeling to be able to yeah to not be responsible for all of it. No. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it sounds so silly, but that is a big part of it. Is to like is to uh, see things come together and be more than the sum of their parts. Yeah, and when you're doing it alone, it's always just a little bit less than the sum of its parts. <laughs> it's great, but it's always a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, working on so it alone, it. Uh, you know where all the flaws are. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's exactly easy, it. Easy to see those, but mm-hmm. uh, in a team, you maybe don't know where all of them are, and that could be a bad thing, too. Right, right. Yeah, I, I know that feeling, too. <laughs> 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 happens sometimes more often than I'd like to admit. So tell us about uh, plans for Amicopter. When will it be done? <laughs> well, I was expecting to... Uh, <laughs> release it on Greenlight as a demo uh, at the end of December. Mm-hmm. And then I was expecting to release it on Greenlight as a demo at the end of January. And now it's February 1st. And <laughs> I'm not sure when it will be on Greenlight. Right, right. Well, that's, that is not an uncommon uh, release strategy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's just so much work to do. I want to I have a really polished Greenlight demo mm-hmm. so people vote yes, of course. Uh, but... At the same time, it has to get out there sometime. So yeah, hopefully this month mm-hmm. it'll be out on green lights. And the entire game, I'm thinking, will be done definitely this year, uh, probably by the end of fall or the beginning of winter. Okay, I suppose. Okay, that's yeah. coming up. It is <laughs> faster <laughs> than you think. Yeah, no pressure or anything. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, it, you know, brings up the scope, which is something a team can help you with mm-hmm. is like. If you're only accountable to yourself, then it could go on forever. Yep. Like, how have you, you know, you've added a lot of stuff to Atmocopter over the last few months. Even on a smaller scale, when do you know a part is done? Uh, that's a really tough question. Uh, I think you just have to feel it out. Like, uh, bring it to playtest, see how people are playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of gauge, you know, does this feel right? And when it does, then you know you've done it right. But it's sort of a learned skill again. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I... With Star Reaction, my first game, I wasn't sure what to expect, but when I brought it to more playtests, I sort of uh, was able to get a new direction for the game. Yeah, it sounds very similar to being on a team. It's just that you have other people to convince you otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Our listeners are going to want to know more about you, Will, Mm -hmm. and your stuff. So where can they find you online? Uh, They can find me at untiedgames.com, facebook.com slash untiedgames, Twitter. I'm just Untied Games, and YouTube is Untied Games TV. Nice. That's about the cleanest set. Most people have wildly varying mm-hmm. ones. You got you seem to have got all your names, which is nice. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get Untied Games for YouTube, but I couldn't. I had to add the TV. Right. right. <laughs> um, well, tell us a little bit about your your YouTube work. Uh, I don't know. It just sort of happened. <laughs> I figured uh, people would want to see the progress on Atmocopter, so I started recording these development blogs of just me basically let's playing the game and mm-hmm. sort of explaining my design decisions as I go. Okay. And uh, aside from that, I also do these things called speed spriting. That's just me drawing art for my patrons, except I speed it up and add commentary at the bottom. Oh, yeah, that's brother, so cool. My brother loves watching those. Yeah, oh, I've really? seen a couple cool. of them. They're really, really entertaining. <laughs> like that's what you know. That's why I was asking you just about like the the art being surprised that art was just such a secondary concern for you because you not only are great at it, but you put so much into teaching others and explaining your process. And like, that's, that's, that's a great thing you do for this extra bit of your work. <laughs> well, it's kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah, I bet so. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Well, we'll thank you so much for coming in. Oh, anytime. And giving us your teachings. Uh, we'll put all those links in the show notes so you can get in touch with Will and uh, be the beneficiary of them as well. Yeah. Um, and support him on Patreon. Yes, please do. 
That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or nice like us or nice like Will, right? Will? <laughs> exactly. You can, re- you can review this show on iTunes? Well, I would have to install iTunes first. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> uh, we want to hear directly from you as well. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find more about the show and your nice hosts as well as your nice guests and all the links and notes from this episode and others at NiceGames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.